Welcome back, guys, to episode four of The Kin. I'm Connor. I'm Garrett. Yeah, and uh, we just wanted to ask if you noticed anything different about the podcast this week, because we are using Zoom now instead of Discord and other things. But uh, yeah, so now hopefully Garrett's mic doesn't sound like a fucking robot anymore. <laughs> I still need to get a new mic. I got a new mic, and then um, it keeps cutting out. So I'm still stuck with the Astros for now until I figure that out. Well, I mean, you sound better on Zoom now. I sort of got Discord just butchers everything. Yeah, I'm but their uh, audio platforms are new, so that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, not their audio, they're visual. So this week we just wanted to cover some topics, pretty general. Uh, one one of them was uh, deep work, uh, by. Uh, which is covered by Cal Newport. We wanted to cover uh, bodybuilding versus uh, CrossFit and yeah. And strength and conditioning on top of that. So yeah, uh, we just want to hop right into the bodybuilding and the CrossFit thing. Cause that's a highly converse, <laughs> conversable topic. So a lot of people, especially bodybuilders, a lot of bodybuilders hate CrossFitters. Well, I want to say like a lot of like, pro bodybuilders. I would say a lot of amateur bodybuilders hate CrossFitters just because like the different training modalities. I wouldn't consider myself either or. I definitely train like a bodybuilder, but I don't consider myself one. But I actually really like CrossFit. One, I find it entertaining. And two, I find it like somewhat inspirational. Like Matt Frazier, who's the most winningest. That guy's pretty a, much goat. a goat. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's like entertaining to watch and his whole personality and like the culture behind CrossFit. I really like that like family aspect. That like sometimes you don't really get in bodybuilding because bodybuilding is an individualistic sport. Mm-hmm. You usually train alone or only with like one other person. Well, with CrossFit, you're usually in like a group and you get to know everyone. And then I just find that cool. Yeah, you get the whole team aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's – I've always liked CrossFit because I like being explosive in my workouts. I like having the hidden strength sort of. So I feel like that's what CrossFit builds on top of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just train for aesthetics. Perfect. <laughs> Purely. We got we to gotta get the douchebag bodies, bro. Yeah. Got to represent. But, Beach bodies. Especially yeah. now that it's July. Yeah. But I feel like uh, the best thing with CrossFit is you get – it's not just you don't have all the aesthetics, but you are so fucking in shape. Like you can go run a marathon if you train for CrossFit. Well, I'm not going to say a whole marathon for time, but you can do it. You're like yeah. – you're not going to struggle with it. That's how well – like – conditioned your body is after you do crossfit it's Especially amazing with crossfit is um with people saying they want to train for physique like i do but a lot of like you look at the top crossfitters yeah they're probably on steroids but their physiques are a byproduct of their work like they still look really good they look better than 90 percent of the population mm-hmm. they look better than like 75 percent of people who train for aesthetics yeah like like, <laughs> like you said matt frazier that guy is fucking huge i was watching a yeah. uh, i was watching a youtube video the other day of uh I can't remember the guy's name, but they were doing like a lift off, like a one V one sort of thing. And it was, they had to do like 25 muscle ups and then he went straight into deadlifts and then into, um, snap was it snatches, snatches or, uh, presses. It was either snatches or presses. I can't remember, but just pure like endurance training, like competition. And it was yeah. so much fun to watch. And the weight's higher than most people's maxes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're taking... This wasn't anything outrageous, but they were taking, I think it was 165 pounds for the presses and then, like, 225 for the deadlifts. And they were doing, like, 15 deadlifts yeah. and, like, 10 presses and then back to the muscle-ups and just... Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. 
and they went up to like 150 reps total or something ridiculous. Have you ever trained in a CrossFit box? Yeah. You have? Mm -hmm. I actually haven't. So that, uh, so what we were talking about last night, uh, I used to train at a place called strength school. And that's like what a lot of the stuff was, is like a lot of CrossFit training. And it was really good for that just because we worked on snatches, we worked on deadlifts and he really prioritized like making us like focus on form and being explosive in our lifts. Yeah. And being explosive. So we just, you know, as athletes, we became more in like entwined with our fast muscle or fast switch muscle fibers. And then we just, he, we worked on jumping and everything like that. So it, it was, it was intense. One problem a lot of people do have with CrossFit is uh, like when you said with good form is like for the general population, I feel like doing heavy compound lifts for time in a competitive atmosphere can be bad just because most people don't even know how to move their bodies, let alone how to perform like a clean or a snatch or time competing against someone. So that's where a lot of people don't like it is that injury aspect or the general population occurs. Yeah. But if you have a proper coach and they actually take you through the techniques and they like build you up, then CrossFit's 100% like a good modality to train in. I was never a big person on snatches though, just because of my shoulders and baseball and everything like that. Just snatches are so, they're such a great like uh, lift, but it's so hard to master the form at it. Just, oh yeah, Olympic lifting. That's it, why they start you out with like a PCP pipe. Yeah, and uh, the amount of days that I just got frustrated because like I literally have a bar and I'm still struggling with fucking snatches, and mm. I'm just like, oh my god. It, I never actually like Olympic lifted. I know how to do them at like a basic rudimentary level to like teach clients if they're interested in that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like I'm nowhere near an export. Because I've never done done them for myself for performance or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily an expert on it. I just know from experience that it's extremely hard to learn and master, especially for the guys that go and do the competitions like you were talking about. Like, I recently just started doing, uh, like, power cleans and hang cleans again in my, like, incorporating them in my workouts just so I could start getting back into, like, I'm doing bodybuilding along with like a mix of like CrossFit things. So yeah. just so I can like have the explosiveness still and like get the, I mean, like get more aesthetics. I could be wrong, but it sounds like you're not even like doing CrossFit. You're just doing like some explosive training alongside your supplement your, that supplements your bodybuilding training. Yeah. I mean, it it's CrossFit work or like CrossFit things that I did in those workouts. So like I, I just label them as CrossFit just because yeah. that's what I was doing when I learned them. But yeah, I started doing hang cleans and power cleans and overall, I don't notice a difference in like my aesthetics personally, but just overall strength recently, I've just felt a hundred times better. Just in, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be heavy, like just doing that just so you can focus on, you know, pulling that sort of weight without any like assistance from anything, like no machines, no nothing like it, it build your overall i guess what's the word i'm looking for and a byproduct of that it'll just build more muscle as well yeah and it's strengthening like my overall muscle not just building like getting a pump or whatever yeah 
and your tendons and joints as well. Getting yeah. used to the impact. Because mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing when I first started doing like the strength school workouts is like uh, we did a lot of jumping and dude, my knees were fucking gone. <laughs> Have you had any bad injuries? Bad injuries? Um, like anything that actually like puts you out? I pulled my hamstring my junior year of high school. Hmm? You pull it or tore pulled it? Pulled it. I didn't, I okay. didn't tear it. Uh, but I pulled it and I, I rested for like a month. I didn't really do much, but it was in between. So I took like a month between the end of baseball. Cause that's when it happened to like my travel ball season. And I took like a month off just to let it rest. And then after that, I started playing with a sleeve on my leg just to help it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Dang. You got lucky. I have no like significant injuries. My worst injury that sounds this could sound pathetic was like a a really it was an MMA. I got taken down while we were live sparring, MMA sparring. So like that means you can take down too. Usually they just have you kickbox, but sometimes you'll do live mm-hmm. MMA rounds where like everything goes except knees and elbows. And this guy, little short guy, took me down and then my like shin like touched my like toes. But like, but then my body weight went down on it. So I had like a really high ankle sprain. Ow. It was bad. I couldn't walk for like three weeks. Well, I could walk, but it like hurt. And that that's sucks. my worst injury. But it's not actually like severe. Like I didn't any, tear, yeah, I've never any ligaments, nothing. Yeah. I've never, knock on wood, I never broke a bone. So <laughs> I've broken a few bones. I broke a bone in uh, fifth grade blocking this kid's shot in basketball. Blocking oh, really? so hard that like the. It's not, uh, I think my metacarpal just shattered. You shattered it. That's my mom didn't believe me either. She thought I was faking it. She thought I was crying because my sister was bullying me. I, I've pulled and strained and everything like that, but I've never broken anything, luckily. It's, yeah. Yeah. but by far the most painful thing that I had was the hamstring thing because it just hurt to walk. That, that was, yeah. that was terrible. And I broke both my feet. I had stress fractures in both of them walking. That's how I found out I had flat feet because those were Converse and my foot just like, nope. Do you ever, did you get a, shit, what are they? Insoles made? Orthotics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have custom made orthotics that I wear like in every shoe. And the Is second it... I don't have them on, like I can feel a difference. Like my knees start to hurt. Like it's wild. That's something I've been like looking into more is like, is there really a specific shoe that you should wear like while working out? I think it all depends. Like if for sure, if you're squatting or deadlifting, you don't, you want to be in a flat sole. So like a van Converse or even like nike metcons see i see, don't want to be squatting I, in like air force max yeah well, like air I, force that I see people squatting in like the flat like the flat sole shoes and then i see people that do the olympic weightlifting with like the elevated heels and like the elevated heel just increases your ankle stability and your ankle mobility so for some people so like you're a able lot to of clients will have yeah won't be able to squat like ass to grass or like at least parallel mm-hmm. you just raise their heels like an inch or two, and then they can squat all the way down, like for 85% of people. So it's just a way, like squat shoes are a great way. I, gotcha. I prefer just barefoot though. Well, not barefoot because I squat with flat shoes with my orthotics in. But if I didn't have flat feet, I would squat barefoot. I like doing deadlifts barefoot, but that's just, yeah. I feel like a lot Any, of people do that. Yeah, anything where you're pressing off the ground, you want a flat surface. You don't want like a big cushiony shoe because then you're un- unstable. Yeah. But that was something I recently had been looking looking at just because not that my feet have been hurting, but like in certain t- like scenarios, I would just be like, oh, dang, that doesn't feel good. 
like just like the pressure that I get on my heel and like the ball of my feet and stuff. Do you and, have flat feet or anything or high arches? I, or? No, I have regular feet. I used to have like really flat feet and then I got these uh, soles made and it gave me back my arch. So like I have a arch now on my foot as I look at it down at the fucking ground. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it like after using them every day, it kind of like gave me that arch back. So now I don't have to wear them anymore. So yeah, it, I paid like $700 for them. So they better fucking work. Yeah. Mine were <laughs> around there. Uh, I still wear them though. Every day. I used to have to wear them in my cleats and that was miserable. Cause in my foot, you just, have to go size up. Yeah. My foot's just yeah. literally crunched into there. That's why real sports, you don't wear cleats, but yeah. Okay. Okay. I laughed earlier when uh, you were talking about a short guy because you're like six seven. Well, I meant short guy because they just like take. I hate sparring with short people if it's MMA rounds because they're so close to my knees already that like a double leg takes like two and a half milliseconds. <laughs> so really? it's just annoying. Yeah, because they're so close to right there, so it's annoying. Uh, but then I always get put with because I'm like I'm skinny, but I'm a bigger dude. They always put me with either. Sounds messed up. The really big dudes or like the really fat people because I'm the only one that's like close enough to their weight. So that you're like getting put up against people built like Francis and Ganu and shit. Yeah. Well, there's not many of those walking around, but <laughs> usually they're like six two, like two sixty, and it's not muscle. Yeah. But I'm up against. And that beer belly gives you an advantage. It's like called the power belly. Because your center of gravity, so when you rotate your hips to throw a punch, having mm. like an actual stomach makes you punch harder. That's why you see a lot of fat people in like MMA or boxing, like Andy Ruiz or. No, is there uh, like Roy a limit to that? Like they can't be too terribly big, or like. You just gotta fit the weight class. Yeah, that's the only limit. I was just saying in general is like that, like going up from like body weight wise. No, because like look at Daniel Cormier. If he was like in shape like most people are, he'd probably be a a middleweight, like 170, 185. Walter White middleweight. He'd probably be middleweight at 185. Yeah. yeah. But he's a heavyweight world champ. Well, he was. And light heavyweight. Yeah. And he's fighting people like Francis, 6'4", John Jones, 6'4". Something that uh, I feel like is more common among like people that do the CrossFit stuff like going back to that is they more go compete in like the marathons and like the Ironmans and like, Spartans. yeah, the Spartan runs. And do you see, do you see that with like bodybuilders as well? I don't know. I no. feel like it's well, just strictly a lot of like people to do CrossFit to do those. I think the difference between the biggest difference between bodybuilding and CrossFit is anyone who technically goes to a CrossFit gym and that's their training modality is a CrossFitter. If you ask a bodybuilder who a bodybuilder is, you have to compete. Yeah. That's why I say like most people that, that go to the gym that train like a bodybuilder, but they just train for aesthetics technically aren't bodybuilders. So I would say like those people might do a marathon or a Spartan race or like some sort of obstacle course race, but a true bodybuilder won't do anything besides bodybuilding because bodybuilding is so physically demanding yeah. in the weight room. But mainly, like, being able to adhere to your meals and being able to recover so you can train optimally the next day. Like, training for a Spartan race while training for a show as, like, an actual bodybuilder would be super detrimental. So, it's more like the average Joe Woe is like me. 
Yeah. And going or and like, doing like the Spartan myself. runs. Yeah. 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 And I, I've always felt that that was more interesting, like an interesting topic because everybody like tries to diss like CrossFit and say they're pussies and shit like that. But it's just like, I've never seen that just because I know how hard they train, but I also know how hard like bodybuilders train. So yeah. I know like how both extremes, I guess, can look at each other and say that sort of thing. So I don't know, but I definitely have never understood the whole like discrimination against CrossFitters. I just think it's that high injury risk of then how many people actually get hurt. Yeah. And then it's also, it's kind of like that high school click thing. Like everyone sees that CrossFitters all get along for the most part that it's kind of like, Oh, we're not a part of that group. So you kind of feel like exiled. So you kind of dish it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's just one of those things. And it's mainly the injury thing. I just like the whole CrossFit thing because, like we were talking about earlier, it's all team oriented, and I just I love having like that sense of community. I guess. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Like yeah. you always feel welcome when you walk into a CrossFit box. Like, it's awesome just to go in there and be like, "Oh shit, what's up, man?" <laughs> I hate that they call their gyms boxes, though. Like, simply just to be different. Yeah. Really. Like, you think? Okay. I, well, I, it's called a box because there's there's less equipment in it. It's usually just like an open, like it's, warehouse. It's open with some turf with and squat racks. And, yeah, yeah. But it's usually not a squat rack. It's a crosshair rig, but yeah. they have squat racks. Same thing. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I, I've always I I never called it like a box. I know what you're talking about, but I never called it a box. That's what they call it. Yeah, like if you like open a CrossFit franchise, because you know CrossFit's like a business. You can't just open a gym and name it a CrossFit gym. You have to like pay CrossFit the brand. Yeah, use the name, and then I didn't know it's called a box. Yeah, so there's like Like a CrossFit isn't like a training modality. It's literally a business. It's like it's literally like Spartan, like how that Spartan races is like a business. Yeah, same thing with CrossFit. I never knew that. Yeah, that's interesting. So they kind of have like a big. I wouldn't say a monopoly, but it's kind of along the lines of that. Uh, pretty much. Mark Wahlberg kind of got into like competing with CrossFit with uh, F45, which is essentially CrossFit just for the mass public. Yeah. In a different name. Now, what's what's F45? Um, it's Mark Wahlberg. I believe he's the founder, or at, at least he's like a big investor in it. And it's just pretty much just a bunch of like CrossFit boxes, but under a different name. And like you can be a group instructor, like you can franchise them, and you just open up a gym. So That's basically, literally... you just he kind of got the rights and just went made his own. I gotcha. Yeah, he made his own version of CrossFit, pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah. I believe it was Mark Wahlberg. I could be wrong. I know he's involved in it, but I don't know if he's the sole creator. But uh, another thing we wanted to talk about was uh, the process of uh, doing deep work or slash deep thinking, and uh, there's a great book out. By Cal Newport, it's deep work. I'm pretty. I'm gonna. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's yeah. Called it's work. literally deep work. <laughs> but if you haven't, go go ahead and check it out. I originally thought the whole idea was kind of bullshit, just because we were kind of we got or we had to read the book for a class that I took in college, and you know how that works. It's just like, oh, it's another book. I'm not gonna have to read much of it. I'm just gonna have to skim through it. But Really, the stuff he talks about kind of once it resonates in your mind and you start paying more attention to it, it kind of like clicks. And what he talks about in his book is it's taking less time or 
taking distractions or eliminating your distractions so that you have more time to think deeply and think critically because it's so hard to come by nowadays in like the workforce. And it's the, the way he describes it is picture it as taking away the five minutes that you might sit down and go through TikTok or go through Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you choose to spend your five minutes on. But he talks about eliminating that and start taking that time to just sit back, relax and start thinking through your thoughts so that you can get like might possibly see things in a different way than you would have before. And then start remapping like your uh, cognitive mind and start like seeing going, taking different routes to do things and everything like that. So basically it's, all just part of a mindset sort of thing. So, so after reading that book, what did you change in your like work environment or how you uh, accomplish tasks? Basically, so I always com- like I always compared meditation and deep like deep work almost in the same sense because meditation you're taking time to just kind of relax and think through your thoughts and everything like that, and then deep work it's it doesn't necessarily have to be just your thoughts, but it might be like a project that you've been working on at work or something like that. Like thinking about it more critically than you would have just reading through like the project page and then just going through the motions and getting it done and everything like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what did you change in like your work environment? I started taking like what he mentioned is just eliminating you know, set aside one hour a day. Like, if not one hour, try 10 minutes. Start out with 10 minutes just to have a small goal. And that 10 minutes, just relax. Think about what you've done throughout the day or what you have to start doing. And then start thinking about it rather than just like a base level. Go past it and then like start going through like, you know how we have bu- start listing out bullets and things we have to do and then sub bullets and everything like that. Basically, he wants us to like go from the bullet to a sub bullet, and then keep going down, and like have that trickle effect to where we just know everything about the nitty gritty on the topic. Gotcha. And the greatest thing about it is, it's like one of the quotes from the book. It was, um, "Would you rather spend an hour of your day flipping through to see what two hundred of your friends are like?" doing throughout the day or posting updates about their life or would you rather go out to dinner with one or two and get to know more about them that that's like a real real life example of like what the deep work is supposed to do and it's just learning more things in detail and start thinking critically more so you become a better individual but as a side question that's kind of like off topic but still on topic when you like, you're done with school, but let's say like back to school, when you had like an assignment done, but you were very unmotivated, what did you do to get yourself like kickstarted to work? Like to keep working on the project or? Yeah. Or... Like what would you do to reinstill like motivation if you lost motivation? Really just think about why, like the whole why reason, like why am I doing this? And... What is your why? To, Obviously, it depends on the topic. Yeah, like, it depends on the topic. But my overall goal was to eventually get my degree and then get a job. Well, obviously, I'm there now. 
so what am I going to do now? And like, so that was my like motivation to get that pro or work done. Plus the grade that I wanted to get in the class that also added extra motivation, but I would view that. And then once I got there, Oh, okay. So the next project comes, I'm going to keep increasing that and keep focusing on getting the grade that I want to get so I can achieve the degree that I'm working towards. So now that you got your degree and you're obviously looking for a job, what do you think your motivation is going to be since that you're done with school forever unless you get a master's? But Yeah, no, I'm not getting a master's. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. But uh, now, now I'm kind of like to the point where I'm experimenting with like obviously where we're doing this. I have like a want to become an entrepreneur for one. And that's kind of like what my goals are oriented towards now. Yeah, I want to find a job, but I'm viewing those jobs as stepping stones. So in 10 years, I can be set off or be better off than what I uh, what I am now, obviously. And then when I get to that 10-year mark, it's another 10 years forward. What am I going to be doing? Like, that's how I'm like viewing. Like Matthew McConaughey. Thing. Yeah. Like my hero is always, I think, I think he says 10 years. He's like, my hero is always me in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I never become my hero because it's always me in 10 years. Yeah. And um, that's like a good outlook to just have because you constantly keep working towards like what you want or like yeah. what you want to achieve. What drives you to want to become an entrepreneur? Not What's your reasoning behind that? Not necessarily the freedom, but the creativity. Okay. If, if that makes sense. Just yeah. con wanting to be creative and like the whole, Basically, I want to create things that it's like an insight to my mind because I'm not saying that I like have a unique outlook on life or anything like that, but I obviously share that with a lot of people and a lot of ideals, but I want to spread messages to people so that we can become less – this is kind of like a whole political statement and this is a health and fitness podcast, but it it kind of goes along with it, but it's more like a whole life message sort of thing it's like we're more split than we ever have been as like a whole country and as like a world. Mm -hmm. And I hate that fact because it, it pisses me off for one. And like, I hate to see people argue over the same topics just because we have different like political views. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to like create things and like spread those to people regardless of what their political views might be. Or like we said in the first podcast, like we don't give a shit about your race, religion, color, creed, or anything like that. Just the creativity aspect and spreading the messages that positive, not just messages, but positive messages and getting those out there to the people. And like that way we become more focused on like one goal rather than to be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. Like the yeah. Yeah. And I'm just tired of people seeing people fight over nonsense. Yeah. But if like, you hold, I'd, ultimately, if everyone holds themselves accountable and does how treats people, it's cliche, but treats people how they want to be treated. If everyone actually does that, the world would be a better place. Yeah. The only place you can start is with you. And, and then I guess my personal goal is I want to have a positive impact on other people's lives. And whether it be, it doesn't even, I like, I never have to know that I have a positive effect, but knowing that I'm getting the messages I want to spread to other people out there that 
give, tells me that I have the chance of impacting maybe just one person. And then that, yeah. like that one person affects another person and so on and so forth. Like, that's my whole thing. I respect it. Another thing we want to talk about that Morty brought up was uh, strength and conditioning, but back to his baseball days. <laughs> so, um, based on the strength and conditioning, like what I wanted to talk about was mainly just how, as athletes, as a whole, you want to be explosive and powerful and quick. If you can have all three of those things, then you can do anything in like, obviously with coordination, but you can do anything in the athletic world. And through strength training and conditioning, by focusing on not necessarily just getting like getting reps out whenever you work out or like maybe you're doing wind sprints and you have to do 10 of them. Like don't just go through them, focus on like small little things like, Oh, I'm going to power through these first three reps and I'm going to focus on like slowly controlling it and then exploding. And then like, say like the wind sprint example, I'm going to go all out the first, say you're doing hundred meter sprints. I'm going to go all out the first 30 and then tone it down to like 70, like 70% of like my sprint. Yeah. And that's how, like, that builds, that overall builds your quickness. It builds, obviously, your strength, your conditioning, like what we're talking about. But it it builds your tendons, your ligaments, and everything like that just so you can become a better athlete. Bone density as well. Yeah. On top of all that. And. Because I've never trained like an athlete. Well, I have a little bit, but I never. Basketball. My coach was like, don't lift because, like, everyone's afraid of, like, if you ever played basketball and you go get, like, you train arms or, like, any upper body and you go shoot, it's, like, the weirdest sensation <laughs> in the world. There's a lot of, like, amateur coaches are, like, against it. Now they're realizing that, like, you obviously should be lifting weights. Mm -hmm. But we never did any, like, sports-specific any, anything. There was a time my sophomore year of high school, we got a lift in before practice and... <laughs> course it was the day we were shooting free throws for sprints but by the time practice was over we had to shoot free throws and the first person airballed it because they were just absolutely gassed and then of course i still had we all still had like the pumps going on because obviously like we went straight from the workout into the practice and we still had the pump, and I shot the basketball normally like how, what it felt like just to shoot a three-pointer or anything. And, dude, my free throw hit the top of the square off the backboard. Yeah. And I'm just like... Your, your whole strength perception's <sighs> off because your arms don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what the hell? Because, like, I didn't start lifting until my sophomore year. And so, like... I didn't know how to control or like compensate for anything like that. Yeah. So experiencing that was just so weird and like humbling because it's like, I was really good at shooting when I played basketball and like see having my teammates see me do that. It, I was just like, Oh shit. <laughs> Embarrassed. Yeah. And I was never really a shooter. I can shoot, but like I'm an above average shooter, but compared to like, basketball terms i'm not a shooter yeah i'm more of a defender playmaker slasher 
I mean, yeah, I, I would hope you're fucking six seven. <laughs> you're six six. Come on. Yeah, I was, I was a six five point guard. Yeah. Okay. So, if you're a six five point guard, you'd be in the NBA. I was a six five point guard. I just not athletic as shit. Just <laughs> skillful. But uh, I'm Aaron Point because I would always guard the other teams like um, they're like smallest dude and just clamp the shit out of them like their best player. Yeah, he's usually like five ten, just clamped. <laughs> he's not scoring. See, that's another thing. I wish I knew how to use because like after my sophomore year, I ended up quitting basketball and focusing on baseball. Decision. Do what? Did you say it was a bad decision? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I never knew or like truly understood because after my uh, – like, or in between my freshman and sophomore year, so when I hit my growth spurt, and I went from like 5'6 to 6'1. And I was just like – 5'6 in high school? Yes. I was really small, dude. I shit you not. I'll have to show you pictures. But I went from 5'6 to 6'1 within six months. So, like, sophomore year basketball season. Yeah, I never had a growth spurt like that. I, I was just, like, I was really skinny but really tall for, like, a sophomore in high school. Oh, you were one of those kids who, like, was tall but didn't know how to use it? Yes. You looked that's, like a deer because you didn't know how big you were? Yep. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. I If I would have – I finally under, started to understand that, like, my junior year of, like, how strong I actually was and, like, mm-hmm. how I could use my size. If I would have understood that – for basketball, like before I quit, I would have been so much better than I was, dude. <laughs> it it was so embarrassing. It was like, like you said, deer in the headlights because I just didn't know what to do. I was so, I never became uncoordinated, but I was just clunky. Yeah, I and, lost my coordination for a little bit, like a few years in middle school when I was like just growing constantly. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to move my body anymore. Like so when I hit that growth spurt. I hit that growth spurt and I tried running, dude. I look, I hated watching myself run because I just looked like a fucking jackass. (laughs) I I, like, oh, it was so. I look so stupid, but like, I hate watching myself run because my stride is so small. I've never been taught how to run. Like when I say like I'm not an athlete, like I am not an athlete. I get away with stuff off (laughs) hand-eye coordination and skill. Drive. Like with, I am not. You, you gotta. You gotta drive with your knees. Never taught. I had. Two you probably don't even know what I mean when I say that. Nope. I have, <laughs> my brother was a junior Olympic uh, track athlete. My dad was like a collegiate high jumper. It skipped a generation. I just got the height. <laughs> can't dunk. Can't. Yep. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking hilarious. It's sad. When your five eight brother can dunk and you can't. Wait, he can dunk? Well, he could not anymore. He's past his prime. But but he was five he eight could, and dunking. He could dunk. He could dunk like a volleyball. He didn't have big enough hands to actually like palm a basketball. That's impressive. But, like if he actually tried, yeah, like practiced it, he for sure could dunk a basketball. But yeah, he could dunk a volleyball. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't touch him. No, that's sad. It is. <laughs> that's actually sad like you know how it tall is. you I probably are when you put your hand up in the air yeah it's like i think it's i measured it once it's like eight two or like <laughs> eight one or something no dude but going back one to day like i'll trade for athleticism and just start windmilling on fools and pickup games but 
when I come out there in a couple weeks, I'll have to we'll have to go work out before we go out to the lake. And I'll have oh, to... I'm working out in the lake, bro. We're, I'm finding a gym. I'm going at like. 6 oh, we're going. We're going. I'm going to the gym. All right. I, I know Ricky's probably not, but I'll show you. I'll show you like a few things that like I used to do, just to like we gotta train. get a pickup game going. Because Ricky said he played basketball, but I still don't. Believe I don't believe it. it either. So, but Ricky's also he he, he is six seven, and he's two hundred and what, like eighty. I think he's like 320 now yeah dude he should have played football but he did play football he was good he got d1 offers and cho- chose cod well that's what i'm saying he should have played football in college <laughs> <laughs> yeah he chose esports over d1 football or d2 i don't know but anyway uh like that's just the whole thing with doing the strength strength training and conditioning is like that helps you become a better athlete so you don't l- end up like me or Garrett where when you hit those growth spurts, it's just like, you look like a jackass. Like yeah. you better, you, like you said, you get the bone density, you strengthen your ligaments, your tendons, you, you overall build yourself to the point where injuries no longer are as common. And you also get faster, like bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. But that, that for me, like strength training, conditioning is like, what I eventually want to do whenever I start my uh, personal trainer certification. That's what I want to do. I want to do baseball instruction and I want to train athletes because I just, I, it's hard for me to explain in words, like what I know, but like I can go out and I can like put together a workout program, like that sort of thing. What's your degree in (laughs) marketing? this guy my degree is in marketing yeah but you don't want anything to do with that the marketing will be good for when i do start you have your businesses yeah it's gonna be good for that why don't you help me with liking marketing hello alu you never offered and i'm not gonna i don't want to input myself into your business crazy (laughs) fakes get exposed live on the podcast because that's your baby i don't want to like like I don't want to approach on that. Like liking liking your baby. Yeah. But but what? I can't I can't, I can't do everything myself. <laughs> I pretty much am right now, but I can't. It's not Well, that's what I mean. Like optimal. The best thing for like people starting their business is to like go at it for 2 or 3 years just by themselves. Yeah. And Well, I I think that depends. I I think if the right people come along to always like be open to help, but don't venture in with someone that like isn't actually going to bring the same amount of passion and commitment that you are yeah like we were talking about last night the owner of gymshark and like the youtube videos that we watch for him i actually just watched another one today where he talked about that he's like if you bring somebody into your company that you know isn't fitting in well or like shares the same goals and values that you do you gotta cut them out you gotta get them out now yeah and ben francis and christian guzman mm mm-hmm Christian Guzman owns Apple Elite for anyone that doesn't know. I still got to buy some of their stuff. <laughs> They're dumb expensive. Yeah, I know. That's why I haven't bought any because I'm broke. But I'm excited. I need to go to Alpha Land when it opens in Houston. Oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot. They're building, building a whole ass like gym resort. Well, he's building that. And then, let's see, Bradley Martin's opening a gym in Texas, in Austin. And then. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, uh, I think, is recent youtube video he said he bought the place but 
Um, is it going to be under Zoo Culture, like yeah. a franchise? Mm-hmm. He's opening because he, he's going to have two in L.A. now. I knew the second one in L.A. I didn't know he was opening a third one. Yeah, he's going to have the two in L.A. and he's opening one in Texas. I'm kind of shocked he did that because I feel like that L.A. one became like the new Mecca. Yeah. Like it used to be like gold at Venice Beach back well, in like well, Arnold's the days. Thing, he also uh, went and visited Miami looking for locations too. That I love was, Miami. I'm trying to get all my friends to move to Miami, but no one's about it. I'm not about it. No one's, <laughs> Miami's the great, greatest place on earth, bro. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Dude, when we Miami went... is unmatched. <laughs> no. I, I, I agree with the whole Texas ordeal with him. Like, that'll be good. No. <laughs> like, I'd move to Texas, but it's not Miami. Puerto Rico might be the move. No taxes, income taxes. <laughs> Gotta go vibe in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Just gotta learn some Spanish. Oh, shit. I forgot to say that whole part. So, the uh, part of the training with strength and conditioning is it's a lot of resistance work. Uh, it's like what I talked about with you last night. When you start adding resistance and, like, stability into your workouts when you're doing the conditioning, that helps build up your muscle fibers, like, even more. And by that, I mean, say you're doing bench and say your max is 185 for like three reps. Like that's your three rep max. I, I don't like one rep maxes, but I like three rep maxes. But my ego likes one rep maxes. Yeah. But <laughs> say it's like a 185 three rep max. Lower that to 115, 135 area and then throw like 10, 15 pounds of resistance on each side. Resistance bands. Yeah, resistance bands. Like, to the point where there is no slack in them. So when you come down and press up, press back up, it's constant resistance. So then it helps you come down faster, but it, like, yeah. You have to counterbalance the force. Yes. And then there's constant tensions from the bands pulling. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a pretty cool thing that we used to do was... um, we wouldn't even do weights. We would take kettlebells and put the resistance bands around them. And then we would throw that on the bar. Like put the band oh, on yeah. the bar. Make, make it an earthquake bar? Yeah. Yeah. That was some of the, like, <laughs> that training was so much fun. Just because, like, your arms would literally be shaking. Just chaos, yeah. Yeah. Even though it's 85 pounds on a bench press bar. Yeah, my favorite one of my favorite core exercises is um, chaos marching, where it's like you get a barbell and then you put like the bands tied to the kettlebell and then you can put it overhead. Oh yes, march. so it's like all core stability. Yeah, that yeah. That's what I do with a lot of my athletes. That would be so much fun. Oh, we're gonna have, is, we're gonna have to do sucks. that. I I don't do that stuff. I just bodybuild. I don't do anything functional. See, like you should. No, my goals are I I want to be two sixty five at ten percent. Yeah, but fat. that will help That's you get the there goal. faster. Mm, in theory, but also it's like yeah, in theory. So you got to put it to put it to the test. With my metabolism, if I do anything besides just eat, lift, and sleep, I'm dropping weight. Like I am cutting for the boat party in two weeks at forty two hundred calories. I am cutting. Dude, I need. And your, I'm getting leaner. I need, <laughs> I need your metabolism. Mine's slow. No, the fuck you don't down. want it. It's oh, I want it. Sh- <laughs> Trust me. 
It's annoying. This, shit. this shit on the backside of my like waste that I still can't get rid of. I finally got rid of the stuff on the front of my stomach and all up in here and in my face and shit, but I can't get rid of that. It's pissing me off. That's why I want your metabolism. I have to cheat meal every other week, pretty much. I mean, every other day, pretty much just to make sure my weight doesn't drop off too quick. I cheated this weekend. I had pizza. Undedicated. Go to his <laughs> five guys. Always five guys or pokey, but pokey's not really a cheat. It's like a borderline cheat. It's kind of like I'll have pokey every leg day right after my leg day because it's like my body needs the calories. Yeah. But five guys is the best burger place on the planet. Anyone that says otherwise, opinion is just invalid. I feel like is there any like specific eating reservation or like eating habits that you have for like every two hours to like, to like get or like gain weight in terms of like. Because, like, what I did when I was really skinny, when I hit that growth spurt, I started eating a lot of carbs. It was Is that, like, a strong recommendation to, like, people that might be struggling to put on weight like you are? Yes, or? but ultimately it just matters is your total caloric intake. You just need to be in a surplus. I recommend a 200 to 250 calorie surplus to start so you don't gain too much fat and you try to gain as much muscle as possible while staying as lean as possible because the leaner you stay, the more insulin sensitivity sensitivity you have yeah which means the more the carbs will actually be utilized in your workouts um so that's what you want to do ideally and it's all that really matters is being a surplus because then making sure your protein for as like a personal recommendation they say like one to well 0.8 to like 1.5 times uh your body weight grams of protein i don't feel like that's enough and ever since i upped it i get way leaner quicker I stay leaner year round and I build more muscle. Like my last six weeks, we have this Evolt scan where it's like a body fat tester and like it gives you your muscle mass, how hydrated you are, all that at work. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that I started going to for like uh, the Graston technique, like he has one of those. Yeah. Like last six weeks, I was like at 12.4% body fat with 88.7 pounds of muscle. And then this one I did two days ago was I was 10.0% body fat. And I had 92 pounds of muscle. Like while I'm cutting, I still put on four pounds of muscle in six weeks. Yeah, I need, I need to do one accurate, of those. But it's like, just like you can do one when you come here. Oh, you and you, then you have one at my gym that I work at. Yeah. Well, we'll have to pay to use it. No. Okay. I work there. <laughs> I'm everybody's favorite person at that gym. <laughs> yeah, you just walk in. You know, yeah, you'll be good. But uh, and then. I need to do that just because, like, I have two scales that weigh me at, like, 195, and then I have two scales that weigh me at, like, 213. And, like, I don't... I say tubby. I, I don't... Like, four different scales, but, like, four different weights. All right? What about the scale at your gym? That's the one that weighs me at, like, 195. Then, like, I... I just go with that one. I'd have two... And then, well, here's the thing. They're like the more accurate ones. I forget which ones they are. They're like they have the like little slide things. I don't know what they're called. I still don't know how to use those. But one of them weighs me at one ninety five. One of them weighs me at two hundred eight, and then two electronic scales weigh me at two thirteen. Are these like when are these taken? Is this all the same day? Yes. I don't know. We'll see. The evil is pretty accurate, so we'll go <laughs> with whatever that says. So I'm just like, I don't, I like, I just don't, I, I'm going to go with 195 because like my goal is to be below 200, but 
I don't. I definitely feel like I'm below 200 pounds. There's no way I'm above it. From the pictures I've seen of you, I would probably say so. Yeah, like I see two thirteen. So that might skew it, but I see two thirteen. I'm just like, damn it. Hey, because like two thirteen just means more work. That means if you look like how you look at two thirteen, it means you can still. Well, I know I haven't put on fat because I've just started getting leaner. So like, if anything, it's muscle. But I know I haven't put on that much muscle. What would you predict your body fat percentage is at? 20? 20-ish? 20. So if you're 195 at like 20%, you could probably be like, no bullshit, like 170. Yeah. Probably. If I could. What were you at your biggest? My biggest? I got up to 205 my freshman year of college. That's the heaviest you've ever weighed? Mm-hmm. Wait. Well, that when I was working out, yes. No, what's the heaviest you just weighed, period? Oh, uh, upwards of like 260. Really? When was this? Uh, you didn't. I, I've shown you that picture of me like when COVID hit, right? No. Oh, I'll have to send it to you. But, dude, I got big. Like, bad. Like, past L- like past LA, like, I was kind of like, I was getting kind of chunky in like LA when we went and played. Yeah. And so that's March of 2020. Yeah. But past that, I probably put on like 30 pounds. Okay. Because I, um, the heaviest I weighed was right before my ex and I moved out. I was, um, I had money and I was still living at home. So I was sending all my food on grocery and this COVID happened. And I just had two pounds, uh, a pull-up bar and, um, two adjustable uh, Dumbbells. dumbbells. Yeah. And I would just lift like four hours a day and I would eat like, I was eating like 6k calories. I got up to 203, but the second I would miss a meal, I'd be under 200 pounds. Do you do like meal replacement shakes at all? Yeah, but I mainly just make them like egg whites, oats, blueberries, banana. The best. Shake I'm not allergic to blueberries anymore. I got tested. Good. Cause blueberries are amazing. Let's go. The, the best shake word to stay in Aphrodite from the vertical diet is orange juice. Yogurt. Why is that? Orange juice and yogurt. And then add pink lemon sea salt, him, pink Himalayan sea salt, and yeah. then blend it up. It tastes like an orange creamsicle. And but, it's good for you. But why the orange juice? Uh, it has hydration properties for like post-workout. Okay. And then the yogurt. Yogurt's very healthy for you. And it has – like let's just look up the Stan Efferdine vertical diet. That's probably the best diet model for the general population. The easiest to adhere to. It keeps you very satiated and it tastes good. Like you're good to eat good food. Do you want to yeah, say I, like what that is exactly? The vertical diet is I just say look it up. It's the easiest way. He sells it. It's like a hundred bucks. You have like a but, basis um, of what it is though? It's just a lot of red meat, white rice, uh oranges, orange juice, and yogurt and like dairy products and spinach. And it's just like to optimize gut health and to optimize the gut biome alongside being able to Give your body as much nutrients as possible so all your nutrient base is covered. So it's basically just like a whole like complete diet model that doesn't eliminate anything and just makes you actually heat hit all your macronutrients as well as your micronutrients so that you can feel and optimize at an optimal level. That would increase and, like um, your metabolic rate, right? Yeah, like if you're that's if the you're heavier. Part of it too. 
Yeah. That's part of it too, is he gets more food in you more frequently so that your metabolism increases. And currently Stan Efferdine is um, working with John Jones hmm. to get him up to uh, heavyweight so he, so he can fight Francis. Get up to heavyweight the right way. So he's powerlifting, bodybuilding a little bit, like still training like an athlete, of course, and still training MMA. But they're really just like force feeding him, getting him feeling the best he's ever felt. And Stan Efferdine is the world's strongest IFBB pro ever on paper because he competed in powerlifting and bodybuilding. So on paper, he's the strongest. Or I don't know if that got broken, but he was. So he's just an absolute brute. Yeah, and he's like 55, and he's still super strong, super jacked. <laughs> like, he's, he's a walking testimony of his diet. <laughs> Have you seen Jay Cutler lately? Yeah. That dude's, he's still massive, too. It's unbelievable. He's built like a fridge. <laughs> uh, I he's heard, a nice dude. I think it was uh, Jesse James West that I was watching him work out with him. And he goes, I just had pictures of people up on my wall, and I just imagine myself getting bigger than them. And he goes, I literally wanted to have to be to the point where I would have to sometimes turn sideways to walk through doors. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he talked about. I never want to get to that point. I just want to be able to walk in a room and people be like, who the fuck is that guy? That's like the goal. <laughs> I feel that. I don't, I've, I've never been one to like want to get absolutely huge to where like I lose all my mobility and anything like that. Like, I still want to be able to scratch my back, dude. Well, I don't think you have to lose your mobility. Just look at Juju Mufu. Who's that? Doing, look him up. He's Juju as big Mufu? as bodybuilder. Yeah, he has like a million subscribers on YouTube. He's like a 5'10", like 260-pound bodybuilder who does the splits, acrobatics, does backflips. What? Yeah, Juju he Mufu? has like a, a gymnastics, taekwondo, and bodybuilding background and powerlifting. He's super entertaining too, and he just got the craziest home gym in the world. Oh yeah, I've seen him before. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, the craziest home gym in the world. He spent 500k on his home gym. That's insane. And he 100 percent probably wrote it all off <laughs> on taxes. He made one YouTube video about it. Wouldn't doubt it. But yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. You don't have to lose your mobility. It's kind of just like. You got to prioritize keeping that flexibility and keeping that mobility while you get bigger, and you'll be able to keep it. It's hard yeah, to get big not be lazy. and then try to get back your mobility. That's a lot harder. But if you constantly work on it as you grow, it'll just be a byproduct of. That's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> I have pretty good flexibility naturally. My parents always used to call me an armadillo because they should just curl up on the uh, seats of the couches and go to sleep at like six five. <laughs> So, I can fit anywhere. But, uh, yeah, that's, I feel like that's pretty much all we got for this week. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, go check out. I made a playlist out on YouTube of all of our episodes so far. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe, ask us any questions that you might have. Um, yeah. And, and we will have a guest on either next episode or the episode after. Uh, he's a bodybuilder. Oh yeah, you want to tell him about? That's all I'm gonna say. We'll see. They'll see when he comes on. You got to tune in next week. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, be sure to keep track of, or 
keep up to date on social medias and everything for when we post and when we upload. And, yeah, we'll see you next week.